0: Before we dive into today's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that this content is intended for general purposes only and should not be used to substitute professional medical advice. Always seek the advice of your medical service practitioner based on your unique needs. Did you know that neurofatigue is one of the most common complaints from someone who sustained a brain injury? but did you also know that you don't have to have had a brain injury in order to experience neurofatigue? So what exactly is neurofatigue and how do you deal with the fact that your brain has no energy or just simply can't wake up? Stay tuned to find out. Hi, this is Kelly, founder of happyhuman.com. Thanks for watching. Now, before we get started, if you are, if you happen to be watching this from my website, welcome. Please click that link below so that you'll never miss another video. And if you happen to be watching this from YouTube, fantastic. Hit that bell so you'll always be notified when I add new content to the channel. And if you happen to be watching but aren't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Hit subscribe and tap that bell so that you too can be notified of any new content that I place on my channel. It really helps me create quality content for all of you. Okay, with that out of the way, let's move on and start talking about the the theme for today um, or this week, which happens to be neurofatigue. So, first of all, what exactly is neurofatigue? How can it impact your life? And then, more importantly, um, what are some strategies that you might be able to try that could help? Well, first, uh, the bottom line neurofatigue. Neurofatigue. Is mental fatigue or a lack of brain energy. Your brain just does not want to seem to wake up or perform for you or do any of the things that you would normally like it to do. It also has, uh, or it's characterized by feelings of extreme exhaustion and depletion, or the feeling that your brain's battery has just not fully recharged. And the consequences of neurofatigue go far beyond an inability to focus or concentrate or to remember information or to learn new things. Regardless of how much sleep you try to get or how much rest you give your brain, it just does not want to wake up. And the consequences of this can definitely be debilitating. Now, believe me, many of you know that my husband sustained a traumatic brain injury years ago now, and he still struggles with neurofatigue fatigue on an almost daily basis, and it has definitely affected not only his life, but my life. Many of the things that people do on a daily basis or take for granted just can't happen when your brain isn't functioning optimally. When your brain has no energy to do simple daily tasks, even that can be an extreme challenge. We've had to cancel plans last minute many a time. We've had to cut evenings short. We've had to leave places before if there's too much stimulation or his brain got too tired or overwhelmed. We would have to remove ourselves from different situations. And we've done this many, many a time over the years. And it's just become a consequence, one of the many consequences of a brain injury. And that leads me to my next little segue, and that is that this week happens to be Brain Injury Awareness Week. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you today about neurofatigue. Now, neurofatigue is just one small component of a brain injury and like i mentioned earlier you don't even have to have a brain injury to to experience the neurofatigue but if you do have a brain injury then it's almost a guarantee that you are going to be experiencing this type of fatigue as well and um, other things about about brain injury what's really challenging about it as well is that nobody can see it from the outside you might look perfectly fine You might be able to carry on a normal conversation, but even that conversation is very, very draining on you. So I urge you, if you have a brain injury or you know someone, if you love someone who has a brain injury, I do urge you to be extra kind and gentle with them because you just don't know what they're dealing with on a daily basis, or even an hourly basis. Recovery. Recovery can take a long, long time. And in all honesty, for some people, recovery may never fully happen. But I'm here to tell you that there are actually things that you can do, natural modalities that you can try that can help make the situation better or to improve your outcome and improve that outcome faster. And so if you are at all interested in learning more about brain injuries and how I might be able to help, then please visit my website at happyhuman.com. It's happy with an I or email me at kelly at happyhuman.com with an i human.com to find out how i might be able to help most of the things that we can do naturally include um food it includes it starts with what we put on our fork another big component of um being able to try to improve your symptoms after brain injury or neurofatigue fatigue would be trying to improve or maintain both your physical and your mental health. And it all starts by acceptance. Accept the circumstances that you're in. Accept what has happened. Accept where you are right now in your life. And remember, where you are right now does not necessarily mean where you are going to stay okay so accept what has happened be kind to yourself realize this is not your fault what you are going through is not your fault be kind and gentle to yourself and take it easy on yourself because you deserve it. and remember if there's something you can't do that you used to be able to do, there's no point in beating yourself up or getting angry or frustrated. Just remember, accept it as what it is for now and move on. And if neurofatigue is bogging you down, realize that you are not alone. And the good news is there are lots of natural things that you can try that just may help. The best thing, one of the best things that you can do pretty much comes down to upgrading both your physical and your mental health. Plus, along with that, what you put on your fork. We are what we eat. And that adage holds so true here. Garbage in equals garbage out. So if we're filling our body and brain with fast food, fried foods, processed foods, and unnatural preservatives and chemicals, we are not going to start moving the needle in the direction that we want. You're going to keep on feeling horrible and bad. But if you start nourishing your body and brain with wholesome, nutritious foods that your brain will just soak up, you might actually start feeling better. Well, one of the very common complaints that I hear related to neurofatigue in my practice is I don't know what to eat. And that comes down to what I was just starting to talk about, and that's feeding your brain with good, wholesome, balanced foods, with anti-inflammatory omega-3s, with lean protein sources from both meat and plant sources. Uh, Wild fish is a wonderful anti-inflammatory food for the brain as well as fruits and vegetables. And it doesn't matter if they're fresh or frozen, but all types of fruits and vegetables contain valuable micronutrients that supply the vitamins and minerals that your brain and body need to function at its best. And if you would like help finding out exactly which foods would benefit you, your brain and your particular circumstances, the best. I would love to help. I'd love to hop in a call with you to discuss whatever I could to help you get to where you want to go, and maybe see if one of my programs or offerings might be a benefit to you. So please check out my website at human dot com, or you can email me at kelly at Dot .com as well another common complaint i hear in regards to neurofatigue is that oh i just can't do everything i want to do and that is completely normal if we don't have energy physical or mental energy it is it will be impossible to complete all the things that you might have on your never-ending to-do list, which I seem to have in spades. But anyways, that's a story for another day. A couple of things that might help, some some possible solutions for you, might be to try planning ahead um, and maybe prioritizing a little bit better. Figuring out exactly which activities you actually want to put your energy into and focus on and do those first. Anything else, if you have the energy after, you can you can handle after, but prioritizing, figuring out what is it that you absolutely want to do and focusing your time and energy there. Planning ahead is also a really good idea or good strategy because the anxiety that happens or the anxiety that can result when we are not really um, fully prepared for an event or situation, it can actually um, increase neurotransmitter activity. And when uh, neurotransmitter activity or neuron activity in our brain is increased, it uses up energy a lot faster. And if you're struggling with neurofatigue, you understand that you do not have any excess energy to begin with, let alone energy that you can afford to spend when your neurons are firing faster than they really um, should be or need to be. So prioritizing uh, what's important for you, planning ahead, and trying to limit the number of activities that you plan for any one particular day. All of those things might be helpful if you find yourself thinking that you just can't complete everything you'd like to do. And a third common complaint I'd like to leave you with today is another extremely common one, and that is, I have insomnia or I just can't sleep. And this is actually a big problem and a double-edged sword because we all know how important sleep is, especially If you're healing from a brain injury or other type of neurological disorder. And if you don't have the mental energy to get through your day or to, or to complete daily activities, you're going to, you're really tired and feeling like you just need sleep. But the problem comes that sleep doesn't always happen. Again, it is not your fault. It is not anything that you're doing right or wrong. It's just the way that it is for now. And so there are definitely some some pointers, some tips, some natural things that you can try to do to improve uh, that quality and quantity of sleep if that is an issue for you. Um, and now there's no magic pill and there's no magic bullet for this. The the key is to just keep trying different things until you find the one or the combination of ones that work for you. And I'm sure none of these uh, tips are new, but I'm gonna give them to you anyway, uh, just in case you, you'd like to have them all in one place. But certain things that could help are a nice, cool, dark environment. That's probably step number one. Removing technology from your life for at least one to two hours prior to going to bed. It's really important to get that blue light away from your eyes before you go to sleep. That can have a huge impact on your melatonin production and prevent sleep. Another uh, tip is to not go to bed with a full stomach. So try not to eat dinner too close to bedtime. Of course, if you need a little bedtime snack to help you get through the night, that's totally acceptable. You just don't want to go to bed with a really full stomach. It's not a great idea. Some people prefer absolute quiet when they crawl into bed, yet other people's prefer soothing sounds or noises like the sounds of nature or waterfalls or rainfalls, um, or birds chirping, crickets in the background. So you or, or even a white noise machine can be helpful to, to try to drown out any of the other noise that might be in your surroundings. So figure out which one of those things works best for you and move forward with that. Uh, Some people do really well on a GABA supplement. Other people do not. So again, there's no one magic solution. It's trying the things to see which one might work for you. Again, hot baths with magnesium salts is an excellent way to relax or decompress but some people don't like doing that. Finding a nice relaxing activity before bed could also be helpful. Some people prefer exercise right before bed while it's stimulating for others. So just be mindful, uh, be aware of what's going on for you in your environment and see uh, what works best for you. Well, I certainly hope that you found value in this video. I also encourage you to share it with anyone else you think who might benefit from learning more about brain injuries, uh, Brain Injury Awareness Week, or from neurofatigue and what they might want to do to try to improve neurofatigue that they're dealing with? And if you would like more information, please check the link. the description below there is a link to my website at happyhuman.com where you can read the entire blog article to find more tips and tricks um, on potential solutions for dealing with your neuro fatigue again if you are not subscribed please do so. That would really help out my channel. Hit that bell icon so you'll never miss another video. Share with someone you love who you know could benefit and comment below as well. Let me know what you think, what's worked for you in dealing with your neuro fatigue. And feel free to email me if you feel I can be of any more support for you or a loved one who might be struggling with neuro fatigue. Again, my email is kelly at happyhuman.com. And that's happy with an eye. Thank you so much for watching. I really appreciated sharing this most valuable information with you on such an important week for Brain Injury Awareness Week. Thanks for watching and stay well.